Welcome back to the youth room. We're excited to talk about the fruit of the spirit today. Uh, we're, we're calling this episode from the inside out. You know, we believe that we're all a work in progress. We believe that God is actively involved in shaping us and directing us. So much of what he wants to do in us on the inside. And, and we're going to be looking at a passage in the book of Galatians where Paul talks about these things called the fruit of the spirit. We're going to be studying that together. Yeah, and we set out with a big goal. Uh, Paul lists nine fruit of the Spirit, and we said, let's talk about nine fruit of the Spirit. And spoiler alert, we only talk about three of the fruit of the Spirit, but they're three big ones. They're foundational. They're super important. And the more we understand them and pursue them in our lives, uh, the more impact we are going to be able to have in our world and on the people around us. You're listening to The Youth Room, a podcast from UPCI Youth Ministries for students and young adults. Every month, Daniel and Jordan hang out and talk about things relevant to you as an apostolic young person. If you like what you hear, please consider following and subscribing to the show. P.S. We want your feedback. Visit anchor.fm slash theyouthroomym to connect with us on social media and send us a voice message if you have a question or topic that we should address in the future. So today we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Very popular topic. You probably remember a uh, Sunday school lesson or two about the fruit of the Spirit. But, uh, you know, you may remember, you may forget, but there are nine fruit of the Spirit. And so, I don't know, Jordan, do you think we'll get through all of them uh, today? Uh, (laughs) Probably not, especially because we want to talk about kind of, yeah, exactly. Uh, we want to talk about kind of why this topic is important and um, how we go about pursuing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, because this is something that, you know, God wants his believers to experience. It's a part of who we are in Christ. And so we want to lay a bit of a foundation before we get on to the specifics of the fruit of the Spirit. But we we get this term, the fruit of the Spirit, from Galatians chapter 5, where Paul is talking to the believers in Galatia. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace forbearance or patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he goes on to kind of uh, compare those to the works of the flesh. And he sets those two things up and he talks about walking in the spirit and living by the spirit and being in step with the spirit. But really these, uh, it's a big umbrella of a lot of things that God wants to do in our lives and he wants to produce in us. And the, the main point we want to kind of start with to lay a foundation is that in order to bear fruit as Christians, because we've talked about witnessing and uh, our relationship with God and our relationship with other people, in order for this to happen in our lives, in order for us to bear fruit, we have to be connected to Jesus. They are not fruit that we produce on our own. They are the fruit of the Spirit. And a lot of times we just talk about the fruit of the Spirit in terms of let's be more loving. Or let's try to be more kind or be more forgiving and, you know, go down the list of the fruit of the spirit. And we kind of guilt ourselves and thinking that we need to be better. But the problem is that we're not designed, really. We're not equipped to be better in those areas on our own. And so if we want to have the fruit of the spirit in us, then we have to first connect to God. And where Jesus makes this really clear, he says in John chapter 15, He's teaching and he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch 
can bear fruit by itself. And that statement right there, that's enough for us, right? No branch can bear fruit by itself. A branch has to be connected to something. He says it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And he goes on, I'm the vine. You are the branches <laughs> to make it really abundantly clear. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so right before we get started with everything, just want to make it very, very clear that it is only when we're connected to Jesus that the fruit of the spirit is produced in us. And so if you're not seeing these things in your life, uh, if you want to pursue them, then it starts with a connection to Jesus. We focus on that and we work on that first. And then we watch as the fruit of the spirit, spirit is produced in our lives. Yeah, and Dan, when you say it that way, or rather when you quote Jesus saying it that way, <laughs> that no branch uh, you know, can bear fruit by itself. Mm-hmm. We understand that when we look at nature. We understand that when we look at a plant or at a tree. We look for the apples and we understand that there's got to be, you know, the branch has to be connected to the tree. The tree probably still has to be in the soil and, and like being watered and alive in order for the apple to branch. But for some reason, as clear as that is in nature, when it comes to our lives and the fruit of the spirit being produced through us, we lose sight of, of that kind of natural order of things and that, that typical order of things. And we think that somehow we can come up with these things and we can cultivate these attitudes, these, uh, these fruit in our lives of our own power and of our own accord. And, and we kind of start to see them uh, in a bit of a twisted way as almost like the requirements to walk in the spirit. You know, in order to walk in the spirit, you have to be a loving person and you have to be a joyful person. person. And uh, no, that's, that's backwards, right? Instead, we have to come to understand that the fruit of the spirit are a natural byproduct of being connected to God. That as, like you said, we focus on being connected to Jesus. And when we nurture that relationship and that connection with God, we naturally will become more loving, will become more joyful, more uh, peaceful. It's what happens naturally as a result of what God is doing in us and through us, as a result of nurturing that bond and that connection uh, through things like prayer, reading the word, just, just spending time with God and in connection with him. The branch doesn't need to try to create fruit in its own power. We don't need to try... Um, to cultivate these things by reading, you know, different blogs and self-help books and watching all the YouTube videos and the influencers that are like, this is how you get more peace. This is how you, you know, be more loving. Uh, no, but we need to spend time in connection with God and naturally these fruit will develop in our lives. The fruit of the spirit reveals God's power at work within us. Yeah. And I think that's such an important point that it is not our own kind of efforts and it's not our own work. It really comes as a result of God. And so in the end, God gets the glory from it. Or at least like if we're in a right place spiritually and have a right understanding of our relationship with God, then these things that are being produced in us, they should be bringing glory to God, right? When others point them out, we're not like, oh yeah, that's because I read this book or I am trying this new technique. It's not that. It's, you know, this is really just me getting closer to God and God is working in my life. It's always an opportunity to point it back to God. And another thing about this kind of connection between us and the vine and the fruit of the spirit is that fruit takes time to grow. (laughs) If you want to have, you know, I don't know, apples or bananas or whatever else, (laughs) like you don't just (laughs) plant them in the ground. 
and then go back the next day and you have like a bushel of apples or I don't know if that's even the right term, a basket or <laughs> a bushel sounds We're not right. Farmers. Let's go with that. <laughs> Clearly. Um, but yeah, and so it, it does take time to grow. And so if you think about, you know, and Paul uses this imagery of being born again and Jesus talks about that, but Paul also talks about spiritual maturity and you know, babes wanting milk and we move on to, you know, deeper things and, and stuff like that, you know, the meat and whatever. Uh, if you take that kind of concept just of being born again and learning new things and growing and becoming more mature and you apply that to, well, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm connected to God in this new way. Like he's abiding in me and I'm abiding in him. If you start there, you know, the fruit doesn't just necessarily happen in your life overnight. It, it is a process that will take time and we all begin our journey uh w- with God at a different place right we all come to God from with our own hang-ups and our own history and our own background and our own personality and so God might require more time uh in some of us with some things whereas others we might be more naturally inclined to to lean into certain things and yes they're on a different level and that's kind of what we're going to see that spiritually these are um, different than what we just think of when we think of these terms. But it's good to understand that, you know, you won't just be the most loving and kind and forgiving person overnight. It doesn't happen that way. Um, but as long as we're connected to God, we should be seeing growth in these areas and we should be seeing God producing the, the fruit in us. Yeah. I think naturally the question starts to come up. Okay. If this is just the byproduct of being connected to God. And if it's not something that I do of my own effort, then, you know, what's the, what's the point of studying all of this? Why are we going to look at all the nine fruit? Can I just, you know, connect to God and just mm-hmm. kind of watch things unfold. And, you know, in, in some ways, sure, you know, God will take you to a certain point, but what we do by studying the word and, and, seeking out the will of God and coming to an understanding of what he wants to develop in us and the attitudes and the behaviors and the the fruit that he wants to see produced in our lives, then we kind of get on the same page and we unlock this potential to where God can take us places and he can help us to grow uh, in, in a certain way because we're aware of what he's trying to do. We can see the mind of God and the heart of God and how he wants us to, to grow and to be shaped and molded. And we can pray about those things. We can see mm-hmm. those things from him and basically just, you know, let God work in a more productive way in our lives when we're working with him and on the same page as him. So I don't know how many have we covered, Dan, how many of the nine fruit of the spirit have we covered so far? <laughs> I think we read them and that, that might be all we've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just probably. read those scriptures again and, and we'll close. Yeah, we should probably get to it. We've got a bit of information <laughs> now. Uh, we should. We yeah, uh, so there's nine fruit of the Spirit, and they're typically, or I mean, depending on how you study them and, and what resource you go to and things, they're, they kind of fall naturally into three distinct groups. And so there's kind of the first three and then the middle three and then the last three. Not in any particular order. They just kind of grouped together. Um, they have similar characteristics, let's say. And so we're going to kind of start with the first three, talk about how they're grouped together and what each of them is biblically and how we can expect to see this in our own kind of lives. And so the first three fruits are inward fruits. And so they're things that will happen inside of us. And so yes, they'll, they'll produce a result outside of us, but they're uh, primarily focused on what we're feeling inside or what we're experiencing inside, what is going on inside of us. And that will impact our outer world, but they're dealing with us inwardly 
first. And the first one is probably the biggest, most commonly talked about, um, you know, just subject or topic in the Bible. And that is love. Um, and the important thing about kind of love in the Bible is that there's different Greek words for love. And so when it talks about different kinds of love, there's actually a different word there. And we just kind of translate it uh, usually as love or maybe brotherly kindness or, or a few different ways. And so when it talks about the fruit of the spirit, it's really important for us to know what kind of love it's talking about. And it is talking about agape or agape love, which describes the unconditional love that God has for the world. And so the kind of love that God has shown, right? And we're going to talk about his actions and different ways that we see that, but the kind of love that he's demonstrated, that he's set an example for us, that's the kind of love that we are supposed to feel. Um, and so the first kind of example, and then maybe Jordan, you go after this, but uh, Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so this great expression of God's love is that he died for us while we were still sinners, right? While we were still messed up, we didn't want, we weren't interested in a relationship with God. You know, you're still doing all your, um, I don't know, trying to be cool on TikTok and like all this kind of stuff, just doing your own thing. You know, while we're just, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying if you're doing that, that you're not saved or whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but just when you're doing your own thing, you know, God's not even the picture while we're in that moment, that sphere of life where it's just me and my dreams and my hopes and my future and my success. And it's me, 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 me. And it pulls us away from God in that moment, right? God steps in and that's, that's really what he pictured. Or that's where he saw us when he died on a cross for us to, to see us at that point and say, look at what I can do with them and look at the kind of love I can, I can show them and the kind of transformation they can have in their life. And so that's the kind of love that that's the level of love that we are talking about. Unconditional love. Yeah. And that's the key is that word unconditional different from, you know, we might say, Oh, I love you. Or, um, we might say that to a friend, to a family member, to a pet, right? Like I love my job or I love this particular food or I love this place. Um, but agape, when the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit being love, it's talking about unconditional love. And there's a scripture that really sums up this kind of just selflessness um, mm -hmm. and this attitude, this, this of the fruit of the spirit known as love. First Corinthians 13, four uh, through eight, uh, it says, love is patient love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always perseveres. Love never fails. And when I read that, I can't help but think kind of, you know, fast forwarding to other fruit of the spirit as i read that mm -hmm. list some of them sound like they resonate with other fruit of the spirit and i think that just says right there that love it's first on the list for a reason right like yes not right. all the time is the order significant not all the time does the order matter and even these three groups that we talked about a moment ago like they're mm -hmm. not they're, they're something we've made up to help us understand in a in a simpler way um but in my mind, love is first for a reason, and it, it forms a foundation for all of the other fruit listed. It's it's going to underpin everything. It's so 
it, it is inward and it starts with you and it frames how you see everything else. Uh, an idea of, you know, putting all else before yourself. Yeah. And I think just those scriptures alone are a good indicator as to, do I have this kind of love, right? That's, that's in God's word where he's describing this kind of love about being patient and kind and not self-seeking. And so you're able to look at your actions and say, well, if I'm acting a certain way, then I'm, I'm not acting with this kind of love. I'm not full of this kind of love for others or for myself or, you know, for whoever. And so it's a good kind of like just a signpost of, you know, I'm supposed to be seeing this fruit of the spirit in my life. And so is this what I'm seeing? Is this kind of broader picture or more descriptive picture that Paul talks about in first Corinthians 13? Am I, am I seeing those things? And it's important to recognize that love is, it's more than just a feeling, but it's, it's kind of the motivation, right? It's a, Mm -hmm. an inward thing as to why I'm doing what I'm doing as opposed to just, you know, how I feel in the moment, because you can be really mad at someone in the moment, but still have love for them. Right. And so your feelings, not always, it's not always going to match up, but it's that, that thing that never changes. It's how do you, you know, deep down feel towards that person? Are you loving towards them and willing to put them ahead of yourself? And there's so many scriptures in the Bible. We've got a list here and I don't don't even think we need to uh, go through all of them. There's just so many examples uh, in the Bible about, you know, how we treat our friends and laying down our lives and um, putting others ahead of ourselves. Like there's just so loving our enemies. Like it's just a broad spectrum that shows us this kind of unconditional love. Yeah. I think that word that you said, motivation is the motivation. People can give you so many reasons to treat them differently, right? To treat them uh, in a way that maybe doesn't quite fit into first Corinthians 13, four through eight, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. to go so far as to say, you might want to treat them the opposite way <laughs> of underpinning your, your attitude and your behaviors toward others. Then it's so much easier to let God work through you when that's your motivation. Right. No, I agree. And love really is, it's such an important thing. And I think we can probably move on from it. But the important part is when you think about your life and your school and the scenarios that you're in, you know, we, everything that we do comes out of how God has treated us first, right? And so if he's our example of this unconditional love, and so we're supposed to be growing in that, this type of love for other people is that a big thing in our life? Is it something that we're seeing in our life? Are we feeling that way towards the people around us, whether they're enemies or friends or strangers or just, you know, people that we see in passing, right? Do we have this level of love, the kind of love that Jesus has for everyone? Are we seeing that in ourselves? And so it's a good thing to to look for and to be thinking about uh, as we're just living our daily lives. And so that's the first one. We got one done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think back. Love, love, joy. Joy is the next one. Joy is the next it, one. Quote it like a Bible quizzer. Um, <laughs> so joy is, you know, we think of joy, we think of like the emoji, the smiley face, maybe even the tears falling, um, or maybe just the skull. That's the cool thing to send now when you're really happy. Um, <laughs> is it? But joy... <laughs> I keep up with the kids. Um, joy in the fruit of the spirit, it means more than just happiness, more than just excitement, more than just, you know, a positive vibe. Joy mm-hmm. is lasting and it's based more uh, in more than just an emotion. 
but it's an active As followers of Christ, we rejoice in him because we have redemption. Our, our joy rooted in God. It comes from him. And since it comes from God, it's more serene and it's more stable than worldly happiness. For me, whenever I hear the word joy in scripture, when I think about joy as it relates to the Bible, to Jesus, to his work in our lives, I'm always reminded of the passage where it says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was able to go through all of that for the joy that was set before him. The right. idea that the mission uh, he, what, as he endured that suffering on the cross was the joy mm -hmm. that was set before him. And that's kind of what, in my mind, joy is when it comes from God. No matter what we're going through, we have ahead of us in the in the mission that we're a part of the work that we're doing for god and even in the the eternal reward that will come yeah i think it's really important to recognize that it's not just something in the moment it's not just a response to something but it is a choice right that we get to choose to be full of joy and that when i think about these things about god and the things that god is doing right like you said heaven and um, you know, just our forgiveness and all the things that Jesus has done for us, we get to decide or we get to choose how that makes us feel. And so we get to choose to rejoice in those things, to be happy about those things, to be joyful uh, in those things. And so it, it's, it, it should be a, a natural response to what God does in our life and to what God has done. And a really good way to kind of think about this is, am I down and negative most of the time? Right. When I wake up, do I just have this kind of sense of like, you know, the world just there's so much going on or here's what's going on in my life. And I'm just kind of down and there's a heaviness. Right. That's that's a feeling. It's a, an emotion that we go through all the time. But the flip side of that is, shouldn't we be waking up and recognizing that, like, we get an opportunity to be used by God. We get an opportunity to talk to God. Like we have this this great privilege of, of being here and doing the work of God and and just even knowing that. Even if I didn't wake up, my life would be better, right? Paul uh, probably said it before on this podcast, and I'll probably say it again, right? He said to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? His perspective was that really, like, it's a win-win for a Christian no matter what. And so that should, even though it's hard at times, we can choose to have that attitude, right? We can choose to have the right perspective of things and to focus on God, even when other things um, you know, might be bringing us down. Right. And so it's, it's not just that feeling in the moment, right. I'm, he saved me then, like I, I repented and I was baptized and been filled with the spirit, but that doesn't mean I don't rejoice over that salvation again and again and again, right. I can continue to, um, think about my response and, um, have the appropriate response, which is a, a joyful attitude towards the things that God has done in my life. Yeah. And I don't think, well, no, I know, Dan, you don't say any of this in a way that would be insensitive in your life or in the world around you. And we don't say this with any sort of like lack of sensitivity. Oh, maybe you struggle with uh, mm -hmm. depression. Maybe you struggle with anxiety. Maybe you're just in the midst of a, a real trial in your life right now understand that the fruit of joy is for you 
just as much as it's for anyone else and just as much as it's for you in a better season of life, it's for you now. And uh, I want to read Psalm 94, 18 and 19. It says, when I say my fist thing, your mercy, Lord, holds me up. When cares increase within me, your comfort gives me joy. And this is such a beautiful picture from the psalmist of how God can uphold us in the darkest times and how he, in his strength, can come in and lift us up. Another passage, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we want to communicate today, that that this is from God, right? Just like we said a few moments ago, this joy, it, it's from God and it's for you. And so, you know, seek that. Let God cultivate that in you. Let work to produce that fruit in your life. Yeah, and so many of these things, and it kind of dovetails into the next one. Like there's a good natural progression of the fruit of the spirit really but it's the idea that um you know because jesus did all of these things right when we look to the cross and he's an example in all these things the more we kind of focus on the gospel the more these things are produced in our lives and the bible says that the spirit um you know jesus when he's talking about the holy spirit he talks about bringing things to remembrance right that this the spirit would would cause us to remember things that Jesus has said or that Jesus has done. And so uh, when I think about the fruit of the spirit, sometimes just walking closely with God and having a relationship with God, it just reminds us of all that God has done and it it begins to produce that love and it begins to help us feel that joy again. And and then the next one uh that we're going to talk about is peace, right? And when we think about, well, if my soul is okay, right? If he's saved my soul and he's delivered me from sin and you know I'm, I'm on this right path now that allows me to be at peace and so it really is the spirit causing us to remember these things and bringing up these things in our lives that then produces the feelings that we're talking about or the um the inward fruit or the the manifestation of god's spirit really in our lives and so the word peace it comes from the greek um like all of the other fruits of the spirit <laughs> Uh, but it comes from the Greek word Irene and the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word Shalom, which is probably uh, more if you've been in, in uh, church for a little while, you've probably heard that um, before from the Jewish uh, faith. It's very commonly said, but it expresses an idea not just of, um, you know, peace where everything is calm, but it's an idea of wholeness or completeness or tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by the outward circumstances or pressure or chaos. In other words, there's something happening inside where you are whole, you are complete, you're not lacking in anything, and you are okay with that. You are, you, you've come to terms with that and you have everything that you need and it doesn't matter what happens around you, right? There, there has been order established in your soul. And so even if there's no order beyond that, right? If there is chaos and every man is just doing what seems right in his own eyes and whatever, you are able to be at peace in your own life. Uh, and that's established by the spirit. One of the ways um, that you can get involved in, in seeking peace and letting God work peace, and produce peace is by following his instructions in uh, the, that he gave through Paul in Philippians 4, verse 6. Mm-hmm. It says, do not be anxious. In every situation, and you know, if you're not at peace, and if there's stuff on your mind, and if you're wrestling with things, yeah. don't just ignore it and think, "Oh God, you know, let the fruit of peace come." 
<laughs> but Paul's saying, no, bring it to God. And with thanksgiving, expecting, you know, him to think about it, take that to God and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace will come when you get involved and you take your, your cares, your burdens to God. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus also said to his disciples in John sixteen thirty three, this is when he's telling them about all that's to come with his, his uh, death, burial, resurrection, and how he's going away. He says, I've told you all these things so that in me, you might have peace. He's just kind of turned their world upside down and told them all this crazy stuff's going to happen. And he says, I've told you all these things so that in mm -hmm. me, you may have peace. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> All stressful stuff you just told us. But he continues in that verse. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the sort of peace that God offers. Yeah. And that's that's the the big three, right? Those are the first three. I think we'll we'll probably end it there for this episode, just because I think if we tried to do another six, uh, this might be our first four hour <laughs> episode, <laughs> and uh, the 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 listeners will just drop, start dropping off. Uh, but uh, we want to encourage you, right? That what this has established is that number one, God wants to work in you. Right? He he wants to do a work in you. He wants to transform you, and God works from the inside out. He wants to deal with this stuff inside, how you're, how you're feeling, what you're motivated by, you know, when you wake up every day, what's on your mind. He wants to deal with that stuff inside first so that he can then start to kind of put you on a, on a, a mission and a purpose with how you deal with other people. And so he's dealing with us first from the inside out. And he wants you to feel love. He wants you to feel joy. And he wants you to be at peace no matter what is going on in your day. And so when you wake up uh, tomorrow, or if you're on the bus right now, or you're about to head into school or work, wherever, whatever it may be, just knowing about these things, just know that this is what God wants for you. This is what God has in store for you. You might say, I don't feel like I, I, I'm experiencing a lot of joy, or I don't have a lot of love in my heart, or there's not a, I'm not feeling a lot of peace. Just keep pursuing God. Just keep letting God work in your life. Don't resist what he is doing. And I know that you'll see these things more and more. And so if we do that, then we will be able to become the people that God has called us to be. And so we're excited about this. We're excited about uh, talking about this again in our next episode. And so we hope you join us next month as we continue on talking about the fruit of the spirit. But thank you so much for listening. Share this with somebody and let it be a blessing to them. See you next time. Peace. Peace.